When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Morrissey, right? From the Smiths? Smiths. We tell you about Nigel Farage. Love this guy, British broadcaster, former politician. He was a leader of the UK Independence Party twice. He was a leader of the Brexit Party. He was a member of the European Parliament. He has his own uh, radio show, TV show. I mean, this guy is amazing. But I'll tell you what I fell in love with Nigel. I don't really know much about him. I am watching a Donald Trump rally right before the election with Biden in Seattle, of all places. And Nigel comes up there on the stage and starts speaking on behalf of uh, the Republicans and Trump and the whole thing. And I thought he was not good, magnificent. For days, I was like, Bernie, did you see Nigel? Did you see Nigel? Fell in love with the guy. And with that said, here he is right now, making his debut on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, the great... Nigel Farage. Nigel, Sid, back in New York. How are you, pal? Well, what a lovely introduction, and good morning to you, and good morning, everybody. I'm very well indeed. We've just been through the most extraordinary two weeks here in London and the UK, and I I sort of think now that normal life has returned, but there are things that happened on that funeral day in London that I'm never going to forget as long as I live. Well, let's get to that. Nigel Farage, again, the funeral for Queen Elizabeth was Monday. She... Uh, led, ruled, governed for the better part of 70-plus years, 15 different uh, the prime ministers. It was an amazing run, and now her son, King Charles, is in charge. Before we get to the actual funeral stuff, Nigel, what are your thoughts on Charles being the King of England? Well, Charles and I have had our difficulties in the past. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, um, there, was a, there was a day about 15 years ago, he came to the European Parliament to tell us that basically, um, if we bought big motor cars, uh, the end of the world would come because of climate change. That carbon dioxide, which I understood without which plants can't grow, but he told uh, told us that carbon dioxide was a pollutant um, and that the European Union and that the globalists must have more power. So they all gave him a big standing ovation, and I sat there with my arms crossed. So this was our first sort of public confrontation. And then (laughs) the next time I saw him, ahead of a speech, he said, oh, Nigel, um, I think you're going to hate this speech. And we laughed. So, look, he's got his own private views, but here's the important thing. He is a nice man. He is a decent man. He wants to do this job and do it well. He's got a very tough act to follow with his mother. The point about monarchy is that monarchy rises above politics. Monarchy doesn't do campaigns. Monarchy is there to bring the country together, regardless whether you're left-wing or right-wing or of no opinion at all. And that was what Queen Elizabeth did for 70 years. She brought the country together. And Charles gave a king's speech addressed to the nation, a very emotional, slightly tearful speech. You know, his mother had just died, after all. And he said that the causes that he'd championed would now be left to others, that he would govern 
in that same neutral manner as his mother. And if he does that, I tell you what, he's got a whole heap of goodwill behind him. And I think, I genuinely think, he's going to do a very, very good job. And I hope he does, not just for the United Kingdom, not just for Canada and Australia and all those countries where he's king as well. But here's the really important bit. He is head of the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth of Nations, 55 countries, 2.5 billion people. They speak English. They have common law. They have a hell of a lot in common with us. And if we can keep that Commonwealth strong, keep the idea of democracy, liberty, free speech, keep those things strong, we are going to be a very, very important force together with America against China dominating the world. So King Charles and the New York Times could write all their horrible, vile rubbish about the royal family and about the United Kingdom. But actually, he's got a very important job for all of us. Well, Nigel, who will be better at their new job? Because, again, it has been a very hectic couple of weeks in the U.K. I mean, uh, less than a month ago, it was the 25-year commemoration of the tragic death of Princess Diana. Then Liz Truss comes into power. Who will be better at their new job? Charles as the king or Truss as the prime minister? Well, if you put me up against the wall and ask me to make that choice. I am. Um, <laughs> I think Char- Charles will be good at his job. As for Liz Truss, well, I tell you what, she has supported every fashionable liberal cause throughout her entire career. But, and here's the point, in the last few months, she started talking common sense. She t- started talking about reducing taxes, about reducing the size of the state, about giving men and women the opportunity to set up their businesses to thrive, to get regulation off their backs. She's been founding like a modern-day Reaganite Thatcherite. Now, here's the thing. Has she said that just to get the top job, or does she really mean it? In the interest of my country, I want her to succeed. So right now... I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, hmm. wish her enormous courage, because we have the same deep state. Yeah. We, we've got the same thing in London that you've got in D.C. If she's going to carry out these reforms, she's going to have to be very, very gutsy, very, very brave. So, look, I've got my fingers crossed for her, but I have been very disappointed by wow. many conservative leaders you, over the years. Yeah, You know what's uh, interesting is that we were under the impression here that she was exactly the opposite of who you just described. That, in fact, you know, Boris Johnson, who just left, she was more like him. But then again, Bojo was out there, Nigel. He was trumpeting Trump's horn. I love Donald Trump. And the day Joe Biden took over, he started salivating over Biden. I understand he's a world leader. He almost has to do that. But I thought Boris Johnson took it a bit too far. What about you? Well, well, Boris Johnson is very entertaining. He's very good fun. You know, he plays the buffoon. He plays the fool. He makes people <laughs> laugh, uh, you know, which is fine. I mean, it's a world that needs a bit more laughter, for goodness sake. But, but here's the point about Boris. He was elected as a conservative. He governed as a liberal. That's right. He let us, he let us down terribly. And into the bargain, he told lies. And now someone said to me, well, if people lost their jobs in Washington, D.C. for lying, there'd be no one left. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can't be a British prime minister and not tell the truth. You don't get away with it. Maybe we're a bit old-fashioned on this side of the pond. In fact, in many ways, I hope we are. So Bojo was a total letdown when it came to policy. Truss was a liberal, but says in her 40s she's now become a conservative. 
as I say, I think it's important in life to take people at what they say and to give them a chance, not to damn them before they've even begun. And literally, she was in the middle of making her first big speech as prime minister about energy policy, where we're in terrible trouble. And it was in the middle of that speech that a piece of paper was brought into the House of Commons, which said on it, Operation London Bridge. And that was the code name for what was to happen if the Queen was to die. Wow. How about that? Nigel Farage, the great Nigel Farage, politician, broadcaster. He does everything well. Uh, There were some stories that did emanate from the funeral. You were about to tell me some of those. I know one has Meghan Markle wanting to have a one-on-one sit-down with the king himself, with King Charles. What else happened that day, Nigel, that we care about here in America? Well, I mean, I, I think you should care less and less about Meghan Markle. <laughs> um, she, she um, I mean, she gave that interview with Oprah Winfrey. There was virtually nothing she said in the interview that stood the truth test. She's clearly using this position uh, to try and make as much money as she can. And the only way she can make money is by ter- telling horrible stories about the royal family. I don't believe any of them. And think about this. The last two years of the Queen's life were made a misery by Harry and Meghan. I have got no time for those people at all. What I will tell you is that I stood and I broadcast from outside Buckingham Palace all day that day. I watched the incredible procession come past, the biggest procession in London, the first state funeral in London since the great Sir Winston Churchill in 1965, I watched all of this. I then saw the coffin on the gun carriage with her crown on top being pulled on ropes by young sailors from the Royal Navy through London. It passed within, oh, 15, 20 feet of me. And behind that, walking for what seemed forever, Prince Charles, King Charles, as he now is, and the rest of the royal family. Just think how brave that is. And imagine you've lost a parent, you've lost a grandparent, you're grieving, and you've got to walk through the streets of London with four billion people watching you worldwide. Wow. The, biggest te- the biggest television audience in the history of mankind. 60% of the world's population watched that funeral. And he had to do that. He had to conceal his private grief and show the dignity that we expect of a king. We actually ask a lot of our royal family, and they've always delivered. Nigel Farage, you know, I played some audio the day after the Queen died, I didn't even know it existed, of Queen Elizabeth, God rest her soul, toasting to President Trump and his beautiful wife, Melania. And she was, I got to tell you, Nigel, she wasn't just doing her duty as, you know, the Queen. She was, like, really enthusiastic in talking about Donald Trump. And I got the feeling that she really, really liked Donald Trump. I know you love Donald Trump. How great would it be for America to get him back in 2024? Well, I agree. And I'm going to let you into a little secret, all right? When Donald Trump came for the official state visit in 2018, he went to Buckingham Palace. He and the Queen inspected the guard, the soldiers. They then sat down for tea. That tea conversation was supposed to last 20 minutes to 30 minutes. In fact, it lasted over an hour. Wow. And and that said to me... The Queen was interested in what Donald Trump had to say. She wanted to learn what Donald Trump was really all about. Anyway, about two hours later, my cell phone rang. I picked it up. 
there was a familiar voice on the other end. <laughs> it was terrific. It was, hey, Nigel. <laughs> I knew immediately it was the Donald. <laughs> and he told me about meeting the Queen. I already knew that his mother, who'd come from Scotland, was a great admirer of the very young Queen Elizabeth as she was in the early 1950s. And, and he was, I tell you what, I thought to myself, the two most famous people in the world have met together for tea. And here's Donald Trump ringing me up with the excitement, mixed with reverence, too, for the Queen. He was like an excited teenager. I think for Donald Trump, it was one of the biggest kicks of his life to meet the Queen of England. Um, and I think they got on incredibly well. I really, really do. And it's about leadership. Why do people love her? Why? Why? I've, never, I've never seen so many millions of people in London. Why were people there? And with tears in their eyes. I know you Americans think the Brits are all very buttoned up. Yeah. But actually, yeah. we were quite emotional, very emotional. Loosen up a bit, Nigel. Week. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you why. Because she was a leader, a leader of values. And what she tried to teach us during her lifetime is duty, service, patriotism, Christianity, and the fact that it underpins everything we believe in, and that good things in life, good deeds in life, mean you put other people before yourselves. These are the values of leadership. These are the values that Queen Elizabeth represented throughout the entirety of her life. And these are views considered by the liberal elite now to be unfashionable, to be out of date. Well, I tell you what, in the last two weeks in my country, we began to rediscover and re-understand why these things matter, why these things made the UK, America, in succession, the greatest countries in the world. And we have to rediscover those values. We have to rediscover those roots. And it ain't going to happen under Joe Biden oh, and God. the Democrats. Well said. It, My it God. isn't going to happen. And I, yeah. and, I, you know, and I think, look, you know, Trump, not everyone likes his New York style. And, you know, New Yorkers are pretty plain spoken and all that. Not everyone likes his style, but... When it comes to the really big stuff, when it comes to understanding the threat posed by China, or as he would say, China. China! Um, when it, <laughs> I love it when he does that. <laughs> when it comes to that, when it comes to understanding the Judeo-Christian culture, we can be tolerant of everybody, but Judeo-Christian culture is what underpins everything we've built and achieved. And when it came to turning America from being a persistent warmonger into a peacemaker, I think this man represents incredibly good values. And I think not just America, but the whole of the free world needs that kind of moral courage and leadership. Oh, my God, that was so well said. I could not agree more. I hope Donald Trump was listening. He usually does. Nigel, down to the last 60 seconds, my firstborn, my daughter Ava, was uh, going to go to London to go to college. At the very last second, she decided to go to Cardiff in Wales. Her and my beautiful wife, Danielle, leave this Friday morning. She starts her collegiate career in Wales. What is your advice for my daughter, Ava? I know you know that place very, very well. I do. Well, Cardiff is a wonderful old ancient city, but it's got its, it's, got its modern bits too. Uh, she's going to have a great time. The Welsh people are terrific. They're very, very nice. They're very, very sociable. So you'll have to tell her just to be slightly careful when it comes to people pouring drinks, because, of course, the, the drinking right. age is different, <laughs> is different over here. So, so she needs to just be a bit careful about that. She's going to have a fantastic time, I'm confident. Cardiff is a great, 
great city. Nigel, you need to keep coming back here. Like I said, uh, we fell in love with you here on this show years ago. We thought you were magnificent at that rally. To have you on this morning is a very, very big deal, especially with all the uh, stuff you guys are going through there in the U.K. with the Queen and King Charles. You were outstanding this morning, Nigel. Thank you so much. Let's do it again soon, buddy. Thank you. It's been a very great pleasure. Thank you. Me too. Nigel Farage right there making his debut on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. It's quite an hour. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.